Welcome to Making Art Work, produced by the Arts Administration Program at Lemoyne College in Syracuse, New York. I'm Travis Newton, your host and director of the program. Today's guest is Emily Zengel, Executive Director of Stone Quarry Hill Art Park. She began her work with the organization as an intern while she was completing dual graduate degrees at SUNY ESF in landscape architecture and at Syracuse University in museum studies. She was named executive director in January of 2015. Stone Quarry Hill Art Park is a 104-acre park in Casanova, New York. That includes more than 100 outdoor sculptures, an art gallery, and hiking trails. The property was previously the private residence of artist Dorothy Reister and her husband Bob. Reister founded Stone Quarry Hill Art Park in 1991, opening the property up to the community. Emily Zangle, welcome to Making Art Work. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So it seems to me that your dual graduate degrees in landscape architecture and museum studies are kind of the perfect match for Stone Quarry Hill Art Park. Um, so I'm wondering what led you to pursue both degrees simultaneously? Um, I was, I've always been very interested in art um, and design. And when I was in landscape architecture, you know, I loved, I loved building models. I loved that aspect of site design. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was looking at the bigger picture. Um, I got really interested in land art and that, that movement in the 1960s and 1970s. And I wanted to think more critically about that intersection between art and landscape. And I was also struggling to find a way to bring attention to aspects of landscape that as an architect you're constantly encountered with, but you want to you want to communicate to the public, you want to get the public involved. Sure. Um, so that it was a natural fit when I found the program at Syracuse University. I was really impressed um, and, and the, the integration allowed me to think more critically about that intersection of art and environment. And were you aware of the park as you were looking at the degree programs, or did you learn about it after the fact? I learned about it after the fact. I was in the collections management class at Syracuse University, mm-hmm. and it was a professor there, Emily Dittman, who suggested I look into Stone Quarry Hill Art Park. I wrote the director at that time an email and said, you know, I'm doing these two degrees. Would you have a, a, a spot for me to sort of volunteer my time? And she had just started as director, and she said, absolutely, I need all the help I can get. Um, And that's how that relationship happened. Great. So um, I'm guessing that it may be difficult to kind of track and keep in touch with visitors to the park. Um, I may be wrong, but, you know, compared to like a, you know, sort of a standard museum or to a performance venue or a theater company, for example, they know exactly who's there at any given moment, but this is a huge park. So given the expanse of the property, how do you manage that? It is something we struggle with. Um, One kind of characteristic of the art park is that we're so open, Um, but that, that means that we we can't track visitors as well as we would like to. There's no one at the front gate collecting money or counting people as they come in. Um, We take counts at all of our events, but a lot of times I'll look out my window and see people walking their dogs. And, you know, in my, in my head, I have kind of a way of tracking. Um, (laughs) Okay, that was two dogs today. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, One thing we instituted when I I first came on was 
a $5 per person admission fee. Mm -hmm. And that was a shift from our $5 suggested donation per car. And that really helps us track the number of people coming in the park. Um, obviously, we also have a membership, so members get in for free. You know, we can we can count our members. We can take the admission dollars and divide that by five. It's still not a completely accurate picture, mm-hmm. um, but we we do feel that we're providing both a resource for those daily dog walkers as well as out of town tourists and day trippers. Um, we did a membership survey for the first time this year, and that that really, it sort of told us what we already suspected. There are two user groups at the art park. You have the people who are there for the, the nature aspect of it, to walk the trails, and then you have people there who've never been. They're coming from out of town. Um, they're really interested in outdoor sculpture, and what's great about the art park is we can service both of those visitor groups. Sure, and I'm wondering, just out of curiosity, that shift where you shifted from a $5 suggested donation to a $5 per person fee, how did that impact your total revenue? It quadrupled our our total (laughs) admissions revenue, which was great. It was a risk. Um, It was a very kind of educated risk, um, knowing that people were already giving a suggested donation and that there was a lot of confusion around that. Mm -hmm. And so... Our, our assumption was that confusion was really preventing people from paying. Um, and it, w- it also had to do with the membership. People were unclear as to what their membership, what benefits there were to their membership. Um, so by putting $5 per person uh, admission, we put a value on the experience of the art park. Right. And that allows us to give it away. Um, we can do free day passes. Our members get free admission for a year. Um, they get discounts on events and workshops. And again, before it was just, it was a little too, oh, come to the art park. But sure. now we're able to define that experience a little more clearly. Right. That's great. So I noticed recently the park advertised a new position mm-hmm. um, called Visitor Services and Site Promotion Coordinator. I'm sure this is a big step for the organization, such a small organization in terms of your budget, to add a new position. Um, I know how difficult that can be for a small organization. So how does that new position fit in with your vision for the organization? Um, one thing that's become clear to me is that as a, as a director of a small organization, you're doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And at times, the visitor services aspect was really falling by, by the wayside because of that. And again... In the same sense of putting a value on the experience of the art park, I want the quality of that experience to match what people um, perceive that they're paying for when they come into the art park. Um, And I also want to be providing a service to the public. And I I really want to look at our our facilities and how we're using our facilities and make sure that we're, we're leveraging what we have Um, to attract people because I think it's important that I mean we do have those two user groups but because of that we have nature lovers who maybe aren't as interested into art right but they're walking their dog and they happen upon a piece of outdoor sculpture and we're we're able to capture them and and educate them about art in a way that's very approachable sure so um 
What have you learned in your time so far at the park? You've been executive director for just over a year, it sounds like, and prior to that doing internships. So what have you learned along the way? A little bit of everything. <laughs> I hit the ground running, um, and I, I relate a lot of what I do back to uh, my experience. When I was an undergrad, I, I researched, I was part of a research team, and we looked at design and socially responsible businesses. And I was interviewing entrepreneurs of small companies, and their passion and their focus is something that I, I bring to my role as director at the art park. It's very easy in a small organization, especially in the arts field, to try to be everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I've learned to focus and concentrate on what we have and what we can offer. And again, it comes down to that visitor experience. And it does seem like at times you need to decide not only what you are passionate about and what you're going to do, but what you're not going to do as an organization. So what are some things that the park has, and the organization has decided, you know what, we're, we're not really going to go there right now? That's a, the toughest thing is to say no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when it comes to focusing, um, especially when everybody has ideas for what the art, art park could be, um, it's a place with a lot of potential. It's always had that potential. Um, but we're also, we're a small organization and I don't know that we ever need to be a large organization. And a lot of the reason that we're small has to do with landscape. So if you look at our site and our facilities, we're not set up to serve tens of thousands of people. Um, we're not set up to accommodate an event that's gonna um, require parking and, and restrooms. Um, we have composting toilets. Right. <laughs> and again, we can say, we, we almost, you have to embrace what makes you unique um, and, and look at the service you're providing. And we're really about art and nature and the intersection of those two. And I've gone through this exercise with my board. You know, we have sculpture parks on one end of the spectrum and we have nature centers on the other end. We're neither. We're, at the, we're in the middle. We're operating in a niche and we need to continue to do that and do it well. That's great. And so being a 20-something executive director, um, I'm wondering what advice you have for young, budding arts leaders that you wish you had received a few years ago. Um, that's a, a good question. I think being young has its advantages because you dive into things head on. You take risks. You look at things with a different perspective you can incorporate methods of communication that may not have been there in the past for the organization. So I would, I would view yourself as having, although you may not have a lot of experience, you have a lot of knowledge and you have to think creatively. And that's something um, at my age that I, I feel I'm well suited to do. And there are organizations that need experience and need someone with years um, years in the field, but there are organizations that also need fresh ideas and kind of a, a, a fresh perspective. So I would, I would look for those organizations. I would look for those small nonprofits and don't be afraid to volunteer to take on an internship. It's very difficult. I know when you're just starting out and you don't, you, you need to get paid. Um, I worked in a coffee shop 
during my internship. I knew I wanted to be in upstate New York. I made that sacrifice. Um, and I, I, I sort of pushed my, my way into the art park. And I think that's okay to do because yeah. for every large organization, there's a small organization who will take you on when that large organization might not be ready for you. So don't be afraid to be a little scrappy there in the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what should people look for? You know, this is such a huge park. What advice can you give to people who are thinking about making that trek out to those compost toilets and to see the art park in Casanova? What advice do you have? Where do, where do people begin? If you're looking uh, for a unique experience and you're up for anything <laughs> <laughs> and you like to blaze your own trail, um, you know, you, you don't, you're not looking for a self-directed experience. You're looking to encounter things and discover and experience. And you have a, a very open mind. I'd say the art park is the place for you. Um, part of what we, we really want to build into that visitor experience is a little bit of the unexpected. You never know when you might encounter an artist out in the field building a sculpture. So you might see a piece of work but you might also get to meet the artists behind that. Um, we're creating those, those chance encounters. Behind the scenes, that's what arts administrators do. Absolutely. And, it, you know, in terms of the weather this year, so far this winter is not exactly conducive to these types of things. But um, when there is snow on the ground, <laughs> you also encourage cross-country skiing and snowshoeing. We do. We're open 365 days a year from dawn to dusk. And again, it's all on the honor system. You drive in, um, and it's really up to you to determine how you want to use our trails and our site. So we allow dog walking. We have snowshoeing and skiing in the winter. We have kite flying in the spring. Um, we have a, a great picnic hill if people want to pack a picnic and come. Um, we actually just, for the first time, had a, an, a winter artist in residence, and she did snow drawings. So she had 70 people out at the art park making drawings, and they were all on snowshoes, and then a week later it disappeared. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully somebody took some pictures yeah, along the way. Yeah, <laughs> we did get we great pictures. That's great. Well, thank you, Emily, for being here. Well, thank you. My pleasure. For more information about Stone Quarry Hill Art Park, visit stonequarryhillartpark.org. Making Art Work is produced by the Arts Administration Program at Lemoyne College in Syracuse, New York, with support provided by our broadcast partner, WCNY Classic FM. Our theme song was written by Lemoyne College music faculty member Edward Rahowski and performed by the Bang on a Can All-Stars. For more information about Arts Administration at Lemoyne, including our Master of Science in Arts Administration, visit lemoyne.edu slash artsadmin or follow us on Twitter at LMCArtsADMN. I'm your host, Travis Newton, hoping you'll join us again next time on Making Art Work.